0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Messy Truths podcast. This is Mar, recording direct from Montreal.
1: What's up, what's up? This is your middle child, Nisha. Recording from Kanagahage. Hage,
2: what's up, what's up, passing it on to my girl, down south. Hey, what's up, this is Azar from New York City. It's really weird that you would call this down south, because I'm pretty much at the most northern point of the United <laughs> States, but I feel you though, because hey. I'm um, south from you guys.
0: South of Montreal, yes, exactly, exactly. exactly. We want to send a huge, 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 happy Black History Month to all the listeners yes. out there. As well as a happy Chinese New Year to all of our Asian brothers and
2: sisters. And
1: one more shout Ed. out to my Aquarian, Kiki. That's right. Kiki. Kiana's
2: birthday is tomorrow.
1: And Mama, Mama S. R.I.P., but Kiki, do you love me? I mean, that's my girl. That's my girl. Yeah. Happy birthday,
2: yeah. Kiana! And well, guys, we are going into a month of love, right? This is our love month. Our love month. Lots
0: and lots of love this month. Uh, yes, indeed. you
1: know how I feel about all this.
0: Well, listen, listen, we're gonna try to keep it positive instead of having beef with everything. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yes, you are right. This is the month of love. We're gonna we're gonna have like some great content this month discussing sex relationships intimacy all kinds of things but today today's episode we are starting with a very special discussion
2: so i want to introduce a super duper special guest to the messy Truths podcast today and that is king noir welcome king to the messy Truths podcast we are so happy to have you
3: please please thank you for having me
2: so let me just give a background just because yo you and I go back like so so far back, right? Way back. So oh, yeah. I think we first met around 2003 2004. Like this is wild, right? Like when I first moved to yeah. New York City, um I worked with King under his rapper persona Hassan Salam. Um yeah, just yeah. super dope. As you could tell the voice, I mean, already lends itself to 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 just, you know, beautiful melodies on on beats if you will um and i worked on a couple of projects with him since then and now we're actually not even approaching the hip-hop subject on this show we are going to be discussing polyamory with you and non-conventional relationships if you will just to kind of give a little expansion to the subject but why don't you give us a little background about yourself king so that we can we can explain the relevance of the topic
3: sure uh well i am a massive fetish trainer, adult educator, and performer. I co-own Royal Fetish Films with my partner in all things, Jet Setting Jasmine. We are parents, we are performers, and we are polyamorous in our relationship. I've been polyamorous before I even knew what the term was. Oh, so, right. you know, it's, it's one of those things now that happens to be like a real big buzzword. So... I'm glad to be here to hopefully shed some light for people who who don't really know what polyamory is and, you know, chop it up with y'all. And and it's been a minute, you know, Azar, you know, we we go way back. So it's really dope to be on here with y'all.
2: Yes, I'm so glad to be reconnected with you. And I think we should start with just defining what polyamory is. Do you want to tell us what you, how how you see polyamory?
3: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, like, even the the dictionary definition, going back to the Latin, uh, poly is many, and amor is love. Polyamory just means the uh, ability for someone to love more than one person. And okay. for me, that's that's really what it is.
2: And with polyamory, from what I understand, and just, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, it is when you love more than one person with the consent of everybody that you love. Are in a relationship with, correct? Yes, I think if, that's if a significant when
3: difference. when put into practice romantically, um yeah. When it's when it's a romantic relationship, it is consensual, it is open, it is everybody knowing that they are in a relationship and in a relationship with someone who is polyamorous and practicing polyamory. um So, if you' out there and you cheating, you cheating. You can be a cheater and be in a monogamous relationship. That's not polyamory, and you could be in a polyamorous relationship and cheat on somebody as well when you're not being open and honest with them about what it is that you're doing and and what it is you're doing it with.
0: So the key term here is consent.
3: One hundred percent from everybody <laughs>
0: who is involved in the relationship.
3: Absolutely.
2: But in a sense, not everybody who's in a polyamorous relationship has to be polyamorous. Correct.
3: Correct. There are some people who are open to dating someone or being in a long-term relationship with someone who is polyamorous and they might have a different uh way of practicing love and 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 relationships. They could be a polygamist or monogamous or a swinger or you know, there's many different ways that that people express love and, and relationships. So It's really about with all things. I mean, I like to break it down like this. Even within a monogamous relationship, we have different things that we expect of our partners. We have different things that we want to get out of a relationship. And we all have different ways of expressing love. So, I don't know. For example, you might lay in the bed with your partner and be like, damn, you really be hogging up all the fucking covers. I need a blanket of my own. So y'all sleep in a bed with two different blankets. Y'all still might be able to play footsies under them two blankets, but when it's time to get your blanket time, you are locked in, right? I look at it as the same kind of thing. We all have different things that we want and need out of relationships. And it's important to be able to speak to our partners ahead of time. Like, this is who I am. This is what I want. This is what I need. And this is what I can provide.
0: So, King, I'm curious to know, obviously you're foray into this you said that you you had gone into it probably not knowing what it really meant in the beginning I just am curious to know what was that experience like like how were you approached about polyamory
3: I wasn't approached um when I was in high school me and the woman well we were kids <laughs> so the girl I was dating in high school uh we were both at a time where we were open to just Exploring our sexuality, exploring dating. So it would be like, she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm into, I'm into women. Okay, that's what's up. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you? You know? And she would date or or be romantically involved with other women. Sometimes she would be like, you want to join us? I'd be like, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? And then it also then became like, we would meet other people, and she was like, oh, I kind of like this dude. I'd be like, yo, do you? Like, if you like him, why not holler at him? And I just remember at the time her also being the same way to me. Like, yo, she's real cute. She's your type. You should you should go holla her. And people at the time being like, y'all don't really love each other because if you really loved her, why would you let her fuck with other dudes or fuck with other women? And they would say the same thing to her. Oh, you don't love him or he doesn't love you because he he is cool with you doing that. But at the time, you know, I was young. I didn't have a word polyamory for it. I was just like, I love her. I care about her. I want to see her happy. She's happy when she's dating people. She's happy when she's dating me. So why the fuck not? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I've always been that way. But I was always told that there was something wrong with it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just growing up and going through adulthood and meeting other people who've had successful relationships that they were like, yo, this is called being poly or this is called being a swinger or whatever. I was like, oh shit, that's me. So that's kind of how it was introduced to it by people being like, oh, you've been doing this shit, but.
0: You just didn't have the, the language to define yeah. it. Yeah.
3: And then they were like, oh, you know, there's, there's a couple books on how to be um, like the ethical slut or like all these other kind of books that kind of like deal with ethical non-monogamy because even polyamory sometimes locks people into a certain box, but like ethical non-monogamy. And was just like, yo, check this shit out. You'll, you'll probably learn more about yourself, but also better ways to practice how you live.
2: So with regards to that first relationship and how you, you know, felt comfortable in that situation, I just want to know, like, did jealousy ever come up? Was that ever, is that in the realm for you just of feelings in terms of your partners ever?
3: Yeah, jealousy is a natural human emotion. You feel jealousy of people you're not even in relationships with. You could feel re- jealousy of people you were in non romantic relationships with, like family members, friends, all kinds of shit. Let's, jealousy is a human thing. But usually, jealousy is rooted in something that we're lacking within ourselves, not really anything to do with the other person. Like, oh, I'm jealous of this other partner because they're with my partner right now. It's usually like, how come I didn't make my own plans for tonight? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, y'all are out having fun. I'm just sitting here because I lacked. A plan to do something or maybe i do want to sit here by myself and i need to get over it because it's not about me right now you know um it's envy that is something that tears you apart and is unhealthy for the human to deal with right and that usually is rooted in not uh not being comfortable within yourself not being confident within yourself and really looking for things in somebody else that we should be getting from ourselves so like with jealousy if it does come up with, with me or, or a partner having jealousy for me at a time or something like that, it's something we need to sit down and talk about, get to the root of it and find out what it really is. Because sometimes it might be something where, same as in a monogamous relationship, you know, like if your partner has that work husband or that work wife, you're like, damn, they know shit about you that I don't. Okay, well, where's your jealousy rooted? Because you didn't fucking ask me what I do at work? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's why they know yeah. shit about me, because of work. So it's kind of like the same thing. All right, let's 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 go into why you're feeling this. And sometimes it might be, hey, I'm neglecting you. I should be spending more time with you or I should be telling you more about a part of my life that doesn't really include you. So I can now include you in that part of my life if you want to be included. And usually that's how you get rid of that jealousy.
2: Um- and in this, so I, mean, I feel like that would, like, especially if you were a lot younger, you were way ahead of the game in terms of maturity to be able to even <laughs> differentiate between that. But in a, a current day polyamorous relationship, does mm-hmm. one partner, uh, I don't want to say supersede, but does one partner take more time and space? How does that work?
3: I think for everybody, it works differently, depending on... Who they are and how they're practicing ethical non-monogamy. Uh, for me, I've got kids with my with my partner, so most people would say, "Oh, that, okay, that's an anchor partner." Like one of those partners, y'all hold each other down. Some people have more than one anchor partner. We got a bunch of kids, so my kids take precedent over everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of like how you'd be in any kind of relationship, you know. So it's it's like uh, some people will will call their anchor partner, their primary. Some people don't like to call a person their primary because then that feels like it takes away. But also you have to think about it like through time. You know, me and Jasmine have been together for 10 years. So there's 10 years worth of stories, inside jokes, experiences, and all these other things that we've built up. I do find like going back to jealousy, like when I meet somebody new, that somebody new might wanna be like, click in the same way that me and a partner that I've been with for a long time wanna click. And that's that's not how life works. So then you gotta have that conversation like as we build time. Or a partner who you've been together with for a long time might be like, you know, when you're in that fresh thing with somebody, it all just comes from, from like learning and understanding.
0: So there's just this expectation that if you're the new person, the non-primary person or the non-anchor person in the relationship, You should just expect that it's going to take time to um, develop the sort of bond with the people that you're involved with as those individuals already have. It's not going to be something that you'll um, immediately integrate into and have the same sort of vibe that, you know, you and your partner have had for so many years.
3: I mean, percentages will go that way. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you do meet people and you're like, oh, shit, we're like long lost.
0: You Kindred click immediately or something
3: like that, y'all click, but you're still not gonna have ten years. Like we're yeah. not automatic. We're not gonna have a ten year old kid pop out of nowhere. You know what I mean? So there's <laughs> always gonna be there's always gonna be something. And I and I do think though that that is something we have to deal with with friends, for example. You know, I think a lot of times when we just think of polyamory, we only think of romantic love, mm-hmm. but we have love for many people. We have love for our family. We have love for our friends. You know, I always tell people it's not the same, obviously, when it's romantic because you have different, it pulls on different heartstrings and stuff, right? It pulls on our passions differently. But think of your friends. You got friends that you've known since like high school or since y'all was little kids in the neighborhood. Then you got new friends that you've met as an adult. And sometimes you'll bring those friends together. You'll be talking to the old heads about some old shit. You talking to the new heads about some new shit and somebody will feel left out. You know, and you'll have to kind of be like, Well, we all here together now, building a new something, right? So it's kind of like the same thing, just you have to think about it from the, the, I think the thing with polyamory is that it's about love. It's not just about fucking somebody. You know, if we're only talking about having sex, then you're talking about you're a swinger or you're someone who likes to have sex with a lot of different people, you know, Or, or, or whatever, however you label it. If love is not involved, then it's not polyamory.
2: Okay. So I have a question. Is polyamory a sexual identity that you feel like you were born with? Or do you think it's something that people can venture into and see if they... Because see, I feel like personally, and I'm just going to get personal here. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's like no new friends. <laughs> like, <polyamory. laughs> I'm like Drake, no new friends. Um, I just don't feel like I could get down with it. And I don't know, you know, maybe if I introspect, maybe it is like an insecurity thing. Maybe it is like a, you know, one of those things where I'm like, I can't handle the competition if that's how I look at it. um, Do you feel like you, you were born this way? Is this what it is? For people to be in a successful polyamorous relationship, do they have to have been born that way?
3: It's a good question. I mean, I am not on that level of science with it to to say that there's like I don't even know if there's research on that. I do know it is something that I have always been comfortable with and something that I've always felt like that's how I am. Um I know other people who have said like, you know, I used to be this way and now I'm this way. Just like I know some people who are like I was polyamorous until I met this person and now it's just me and this person. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's kind of tough in that sense, but I can speak just for myself like I have always been this way, and I've only been different when I thought something was wrong with me. So I'll be like, okay, I'm going to try being in this monogamous relationship. And then I'll be, not that there was anything wrong with the person I was with, I would just feel like there's a part of me that is also unfulfilled Mm -hmm. because I do enjoy getting to know new people and experiencing new things with different people. And also, I don't think that I, I personally feel that it is impossible for one person to provide all the things that you want in life. And if you do find that, that's amazing. That's awesome. Hold on to that unicorn with every ounce of your strength. Right. But like, for example, like there are things that partners that I've had that I love completely with all of my heart are into. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about that shit, but I'm happy that you like it. Like, I'm happy that you enjoy it. So then if there's somebody that they know that's also into that same thing, like I had an ex that was into the ballet. The ballet is beautiful. I think it takes an amazing amount of talent to do that shit, but I don't really want to sit through the ballet. That ain't me. But if she met somebody who loves it as much as she do, I'd rather her go with that person. Like, I'll go every now and again, but I'd rather she go with that person because they're going to appreciate it in a way that I never will. And I feel it would be taking away from her experience at the ballet if I'm there like, whew, when is this over? You know what I'm saying? like. But you know what?
1: Finish. Please finish.
3: Oh, no. I was just going to say, like, and and for me, whereas there are times that I'm willing to go, I do think that it's kind of like enjoy it to the utmost and and the full experience of it whenever you can
1: but that makes total sense right as we've been talking about this for i don't know months you know sexual identity are, are fluids and they change and it shifts and you know it's only this society western society that puts binary boxes on identities i mean if you go back to ancient greeks you go back to indians and performing and hindu goddesses you know buddhist goddesses that have you know both male and female energies two spirit and indigenous communities you know that feminine even in myself i mean i'm i'm half brown that feminine masculine energy lives in me i'm very well aware of the culture but what really, what really struck me, what you said, King, is I've got a best friend who's a dude. Everyone knows that that's my ride or die. And my husband is not going fucking snowshoeing. He's not doing it. But my bestie will go snowshoe with me, right? This dude is like, I don't want to get cold. I don't like the rain. There's things that I do, I know, I understand, (laughs) but you know, you got to survive in the winter. So you got to find something to do. So last year we picked up snowshoeing. We're both adventurous and him and I do that together. I mean, we went off to the mountains together for a weekend and our spouses were at home by themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's the kind of things that, you know, I don't think of polyamorous, like I want to fuck with him because I don't, but. I have a certain love for him that, you know, my husband is not into the things like he's my husband is not a hip hop head. That's a massive thing for me. I'm a hip hop head, you know, zippers and PhD are hip hop heads and male so energy is really important. For I goodness. know, but it's different. <laughs> the dudes are no. see, now you're just being shady. No, no I'm no. just saying. I mean, of course. I mean, I we started me together, but. <laughs> It's different with the dudes. It's different. Those dudes balanced me. Like they balanced me. And that's a different type of relationship. Remember, I've always mentioned to both of you on the air that when I was doing my Nikah, which both, if any people know, it's like an Islamic contract of marriage. I wrote those dudes in. Mm -hmm. I said, Mm -hmm. I have to be able to spend time with them. I'm coming into the marriage with three male friends who are not biologically related to me but are related to me in love and choice. And I can't marry you unless you understand that these three dudes are part of my life. So in some ways, you know, I I wouldn't say it's polyamorous in a romantic sense, but it's definitely polyamorous on a friendship level.
0: That is definitely friendship polyamory.
1: It is friendship polyamory.
3: I think that was a real great way of explaining it.
0: Yeah, you mentioned something really interesting about the contract. And King, I, I actually am interested to know if you have ever had to develop a contract for, you know, third, fourth, fifth parties in your relationships.
3: I have with um, submissives in my in my um, BDSM relationships. Uh, with my polyamorous relationships that I have had, it's been more verbal contracts. I'm very upfront, like Kind of like I said earlier, like, especially if I'm just getting to know somebody, if I just met somebody, I am like, look, I am in an open polyamorous relationship. I'm a father. You know, like I run down the list. I am yeah. a performer, you know, all these things that it's like, now you can choose from your side if 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 who I am and what I'm about is something that you can click with. and I And I ask people to do the same for me. Because I don't want to be in a situation where it's like, oh yeah, we've been dating for a month and stuff, and like, what? You got kids or something like that? It's like, whoa, like that's <laughs> one of the most important parts of my life. <laughs> that would be very strange if I didn't tell you.
0: I was about to ask: <laughs> At what point do you bring up that you're you are polyamorous and that you are in a committed relationship with someone start, and have kids? And
3: I start from jump because I don't ever want to run into. I've heard so many. um horrible stories from people about like, yeah, I was interested and into this person. And then they told me X, Y, and Z and it threw me a bat. And it's usually not something off the wall. It's just like, yo, I've known you for a month. You're not going to tell me you got kids. Like I you must agree. be a horrible parent. <laughs> 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 I don't know if I want to date you because you don't care about your kids enough to tell someone you're dating about them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's uh-huh. Kind of things like that. And, and I feel like to me, that's like a character thing. Like even if I was mm-hmm. in a monogamous relationship or, or searching for a monogamous relationship, I wanna lay all the cards on the table to see if we even play in the same game.
1: Right. I think, let's go back to your first intro. And I, I listen a lot. You said, before you said you, you did adult educator, you said another thing, another term, another role that you had. Do you Can you take me back there?
3: Sure. Master fetish trainer.
1: Right. Okay. So do you want to mm-hmm. break that down? Yes. So I, I, I'm interested. I'm not <laughs> even about the future. I'm interested. So I'm the one who's like a little bit crazy on the show. I'm interested.
3: sure. Okay. Well, um, starting at about the age of 18. I was I've, I've been a sex worker. And I used to get a lot of clients. This is like when I'm, you know, like a little sex worker, you know what I'm saying? Just getting started in the game or whatever, who would ask me to Sounds do so certain. <laughs> yeah, <there> was, <laughs> I guess that's the term. Like. But um, <laughs> yeah, that that sounded wild crazy. Emerging. sex Emerging. Emerging. Emerging, Emerging sex worker. Work. <laughs> Emerging, Wait, no, yeah, stop. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're
1: not making it better.
3: <laughs> Freshman. I don't there know. There you go. Whatever. Um but like, you know, um, when I was first getting started, like a lot of people would um ask me to do, they were just like, yo, just something about your personality is more on a dominant side. Would you dominate me in X, Y, and Z ways? And so I started learning and studying a lot of different uh types of domination and the different instruments that you can use. In and out of the dungeon and the bedroom and things like that, and it's been it's been years and years that I've been doing this, and and have taken classes from some amazingly amazing masters of their craft, uh, specific crafts. And what I do is I like to explain it kind of like um I'm, I'm a I'm a pleasure travel agent. So it's like if you're like I want to do X Y and Z, or me and my me and my partner want to try shibari or impact play or something like that. It's either something that I facilitate for that person to help them do it in a in a safe way and educate them about or it's something that I actually do as an experiential uh, session with that person.
1: Mm -hmm. I think that's mad cool because again, like people don't explore their sexuality enough, right? They don't. Again, we're stuck in these boxes. Like, you know, you're this, Mm -hmm. you're that, you're this, you that. But I, I think things are mad cool. Like, I'm really attracted to Chinese, um, not Chinese, Japanese binding. Like, it's super cool. Like, the tying yeah. and the knots. And like, it's so dope because it's so artistic, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's it's sitting on that line of pleasure and pain. But you can't go around and tell people, hey, I'm a teacher and I, I like, <laughs> right? You, and it's because they put people in boxes, right? And I think one of the you know, privileges that I have as a teacher is letting kids know, like, as long as you're not killing people and you're getting consent and everyone is okay and you're mentally well, that's a very important part because sometimes we play out sexualities from abuse. And that's another thing we got to be careful with. But if you're mentally well and you got consent and you're not killing folks, you should explore it. And I think that's sexual fluidity. And I think a lot of folks, when you, you know, I say that to my, love of my life, Mr. Hetero, he looks at me like, who did I marry? But I said to him, everybody's got, <laughs> you know, everyone's got a little bit of something in them. My mom used to tell me, you got to be a lady in the streets and a freak in the sheets. That's what it is. And you've got to be able to play that out. Do you know that most folks die not reaching the the most sexual pleasure they can in their life? And to me, I'm thinking that's a goddamn shame. That's a tragedy, man. It is a tragedy, (laughs) right? Like there are women who have never experienced orgasms, different types of orgasms, or, you know, they've never had good sex or they've never had foreplay or nah, bro. I am born into this life (laughs) to not have good sex or good intimacy and and just good stuff like that's No. And I think when people think of LGBTQIA or polyamorous, they, they've got these images in their head, right? Like, it must be this, or King is this, or, you know, maybe he wears black. And No, bro, it's just about figuring out, like, what makes you float your boat. And that, to me, is real sexual fluidity. Like, being able to communicate, you know, I want, some, I want this, or I want to do this, or I'm not afraid to do that. I think that's a really really, really important. And that's why I'm like I'm been listening and loving the show because my mom is known as the warden on the show. (laughs) But my mom is also the one who would take my brothers and I to the store and show us condoms and vulva rings and, you know, um lubricants. And at 15 and 16, my mom was taking us up there mostly because she didn't want to be a grandma, but primarily because my mom was very much big on, you know, this is your body. And this is, you know, this is what you have to do. And you've got to take care of your body. And she had sons and this is how you take care of your woman. And this is how you take care of your partner. So to me, this is all like, oh, we're good. Like I'm I'm good. But a lot of people don't have that permission to break out of their boxes. And, yeah. and that's such a problem, right? Like you're missing on a lot of good damn shit. Like it's such a problem to me. It's true. Well, I, I feel this generation is having the best sex of their lives.
0: I think we had that discussion before on the show. With when, I think it was during our um, "Adulting is Hard" and our Prison Bay episodes. We were mm-hmm. we were discussing what the impression of sex is like on you as a child, because you know we we all come from unlike nisha we come you know azar and i come from families where it just isn't discussed it was not discussed at all and so you're left up to your own devices in terms of finding out about sex in your own way um i i mean i'm a huge believer that if no one's talking to you about this as a kid this is how you end up you know exploring and probably yeah. harming your knowledge about sex, probably not even getting the proper knowledge about sex. And that then leads to this trajectory of you know what your your sexuality yeah. will
1: be like down the road as an adult. And and 70% of women don't have orgasms. Let's just say that again. What? Seventy percent yes, of women do not have <laughs> orgasms. Not a, <laughs> no, but a lot of that on your face. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, right? Because women can have different types of orgasms, you know, women can do a lot. Like, it's unfortunate to me that, you know, that, you know, there's this suppression of female pleasure. Um, It's, you know, it's a really big thing for me. It's a really big thing. Uh, You're right, though, Mark, coming from my kind of mom, everything goes, not everything, but she's like, men, men
3: actually, I'm sorry.
1: No, you go ahead.
3: No, I was going to say men actually are not having the orgasms they can be having either. Most men I don't agree. know anything about their bodies. Men are not taught how to even clean their bodies properly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: So you know, I think it's definitely uh, women actually get way more stigmatized for their pleasure than men do clearly um because of the type of society we live in where everything is about male pleasure like people think sex is supposed to stop after after a man busts a nut you know um but most men do not understand that they can have full body orgasms or orgasms from different parts of their body without ejaculating and all these other things but just as you said and i and i did want to um kind of like piggyback off something you said was that um Everybody gets into these boxes and into these binaries where, like, for example, like a man will say, like, some of the things that you might have to learn to have a certain type of orgasm involves, like, semen retention, right? And be like, I don't want to learn that kind of stuff because then I have to look at this book and that shit is gay. Like, Mm -hmm. everything that most men that are, like, extra, like, toxically heterosexual, everything is gay, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they limit themselves from actually experiencing things that can be in a completely heterosexual setting, you know what I'm saying? But they limit their own pleasure because they're willing to just pass everything off as a binary that they somehow feel is beneath them.
0: Absolutely. Right?
3: And it's and it's all just like levels of oppression. And most of the time, when a lot of these men are saying something is gay, it's not even just that it's gay, it's something that might be taught by a woman. That then somehow makes them less of a man because they're Mm -hmm. afraid to learn from women. They're afraid to learn from women about women's bodies. Men are more quick to listen to a man teach about a woman's body than they would from a woman.
2: As if they know, you know exactly. Especially (laughs) because our background, like all of us here, come from like a hip hop, you know, world, right? Like that's what we were Mm -hmm. immersed in, and it couldn't be a more there couldn't be a more homophobic misogynistic Uh, culture right so the people we have dealt with you know tend to have values aligned um with that so so completely restrictive and and
3: i wouldn't say i wouldn't say hip-hop is the most the problem with hip-hop is that black folk we've spent a lot of time uh imitating our oppressor Mm. Can you and you and that? living. I
1: don't think people heard that. Please repeat <laughs> it that again. For the black, of and I'll say
3: and I will activists. say. Black men, black men especially, have spent a lot of time imitating our oppressor. We have valued manhood and patterned manhood after white manhood, European white manhood, and European white manhood is land you can conquer, not mm-hmm. families you can build, not uh-huh. land that you can grow things on, but land that you can conquer and everything is viewed as a conquest. So even sex is viewed as a conquest. Marriage, Absolutely. viewed as a conquest. All of these things, right? And I think that we've internalized that, and hip hop is kind of like the American wet dream when it comes into the it, America's fascination with the oppressed, and then also the oppressed's fascination with power in the sense of what our oppressor's power is. So like black men, if you listen to most hip hop, nigga, bitch, We ain't even invent a good word to call white people in hip-hop. I'm sorry. All the words we use came from before us. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we don't have no special word to call our oppressor, but we have all these words to refer to our women, to refer to our children, to refer to our brothers. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you do the history and study on African culture, a lot of African cultures were not patriarchal. They were matriarchal or they were pretty even. There was kings there was queens there was rulers of both there was warriors of both genders there were people who would now be considered two-spirit or trans there was people who were lgbtqia in all shapes forms and fashions and were accepted within societies it's not across the board there was still some assholes back in the day in africa too you know but it was way more accepted than it was anywhere in europe other than other than greece but the difference with greece was in greece they believed that women were incapable of love on the same intellectual level as men. That was why mm-hmm. they had a lot of male-male uh, relationships in love. So it was more like somehow still patriarchal at the same time. Um, but like when we study our history, you know, coming here to America, one of the ways that they would attack black men as protectors of the family was to rape them. So yeah. there would be roving bands of white men that later became what we call police departments that would be slave um, slave uh, patrols that would go from plantation to plantation to find people that they would be like, okay, this this dude was out of pocket or he broke a rule. So then they would just gang rape somebody. They did that to men. Yeah. They did that to women. They did that to children. So we have never been able to define our sexuality as black people in America polyamory add, was something yeah i'm sorry if, no, if no, i'm no, going no, no. too far you know what no, I mean? but well, to
1: add to that if you throw in the yeah. book black fury that talks about the over sexualization of black women and how that Absolutely. progressed through history black women are seen as these over sexualized you got to have us type of shit and that's the kind of stuff that really bothers me because that book has been really buried a lot of folks don't know about this book right about black fury and have the foxy mamas and the Jackie Browns mm-hmm. come out of that personification of black women, you know, and, and that's, that's a massive problem. So I come from a matriarchal family where the women rule. It's just very yeah. obvious. I can tell, like, my mom is in Nova Scotian black woman, the women rule. Sometimes I think the men are accessories and the women are just there to put them <laughs> on when they're ready. It's really odd Got to it. me, but I also come, I also have a husband who comes from a, Uh, polygamous situation, you know, we're we're Muslims. And, you know, I I ask a lot of questions about that because in Islam, as you know, you got to ask your first wife for the second. And I, when we got married again, I was like, don't ask. It's always going to be a no because (laughs) I want to be the top bird in the game. That's just what it Mm -hmm. is. And now you're making me thinking, do I have to think about myself and my jealousy? (laughs) I don't care. I want to be the top. I don't want no competing birds in my nest, period. That's well, just that's, how I feel. That's, that's what it. works for you. That's what works for that's you. That's what right works now. for my yeah. nest. But he does have to get my permission, which means that even in Quranic verses, there's this understanding that women, you know, have a power and women have a household power, right? Because yeah. the Quran is very specific. You cannot just marry two women because you feel like it. You've got to mm-hmm. be able to treat them equally, and anybody who's dated two women knows treating them equally is not easy.
2: <laughs> so I want to get back to that because yeah. you're you're back on the polyamory, and I still have questions. So sure. let's just reel it in, um, <laughs> and we could go off we could go off again in a few. But yeah, yeah, how do you have time, King? time yo like i know they say we and beyonce have the same 24 hours in a day but realistically how the fuck do you have time
3: i guess i have the same clock that beyonce has somewhere um i think i think the 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 point that um nisha brought up is actually really valid um some people want to be the top other people don't want as much time And treating someone equally might not mean, like, how we think. Like, I got to divvy up all the same amounts. Really, to me, it's more like I got to be able to give what that person wants or needs. And everybody is different. You know, like, I also think that it's important when we start a relationship with somebody to let people know what kind of, like, what your love language is type shit, right? So, like, I am very affectionate with thoughts and words. I am not a cuddler though. So like, if you are a cuddler, you need to outsource that to somebody else. <laughs> and I don't mind. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like you need, a, you need a cuddle buddy.
0: I'm down you with know? that.
3: And, and, and it's funny because like <laughs> Jasmine and I, when we do like our events and we do performances and we have like subs that we're like flogging and doing all kinds of crazy shit on stage, we usually let them know like, if if your if your aftercare requires cuddling, we need to holler at somebody else that's gonna come to the show and be there for you to do that because we got other shit to do when we're done. You know, we got interviews or we got other performances or we got X, Y, and Z to do. And I feel like that's very important within a relationship as well because it's like you might date someone you like. Yo, I really really like flowers, and dude might tell you like, okay, but they're forgetful as fuck. It doesn't mean that they don't care about you. When they remember, they get you flowers. But if you need a dude that's like, I am very uh, studious to everything that somebody tells me. And if you tell me you like flowers, I am going to make sure that you have a different flower every month for the rest of the year. You might like having those flowers from that other dude, but like everything else about the dude that's forgetful as fuck and gets you the flowers once. This is beginning to sound you know appealing to me,
1: ladies. I don't know about <laughs> you, but... I, I think I've been outsourcing from time. This is the but problem. I, but I
3: think the, the thing because, is a
1: lot of you know, times sexually, those... just just with yeah. that exactly. line with that boundary,
3: mm-hmm.
1: right? Because when I think of zippers and PhD, I'm like, oh, they take they take my they take me off of Z's hands a lot when I want to listen to hip hop when I want to listen to Jay Dilla, when I want to, like, these are things that he's not into, but the guys are. So I outsource. I don't know about the cuddling part. I'm not outsourcing no forms of cuddle. Anyone who cuddles my husband will get a beat down, but (laughs) I I feel you a hundred percent because I think I've been polyamorous friendship style for a very long time with these three guys. With a from a very long time with the three of them, like we rock together, we travel together, we do a lot of things together. That my husband is like, not nah, oh, you want to go with him? Deuces, and he's good. So I'm like, oh, this works for me. Oz, we have to get that. We have to polyamorous our friendships.
2: Yeah, like, definitely. But um shout out
3: have, to your husband though. He sounds mad comfortable, uh, com- confident. Shout out to that brother right there.
1: That's my dude. But it also went into our contract, King. we were very clear about who we were up front I no but it. but that 's what I King was it. saying. like when you come to the table i didn 't come to the table saying hey i 'm polyamorous in my friendships. I think he might have been like, "What the fuck?" But mm-hmm. when we sat down in Islam, you sit down and do your contract, we sat down and talked about what doesn 't work, what works, our travel, how I like to travel, we travel together, we travel apart, we travel with the kids like what each other needs. And the guys came into the contract. The friends came into the contract because yes. it's a very big part of my identity and who I, we even negotiated birthdays. Cause if King, you don't know, but <laughs> my birthday was on Thursday and I'm a big birthday fan and he's not. So we, and you're right. Like I get what I need from the folks who, Like the things that he doesn't want to do, he's very happy to outsource. So he might get a cuddle tonight.
2: The beauty of that is that, you know, you don't end up being resentful to your partner because what you're lacking, you know, you're not you're not actually lacking anymore. Right. Ultimately, you're getting it. You're just not getting it from one person. So, King, when you're approaching other partners or other potential partners, do you know already off the bat that this person could be open to that or is it always a gamble?
3: I think at this point now, um, Jasmine and I are kind of like, I don't know, polyamorous celebrities <laughs> or something because we do get invited a lot to speak on panels and, and, and interviews and people who watch our content see us with other people so they, they already know. So I, I think that most of the people that I do come into contact with either have an idea or when we start that initial conversation if i am romantically interested or sexually interested in that person i'm super upfront from the beginning so that way if they're not they could just be like it eh, that ain't for me you know so that way we're not like falling deep down into something that that then it's it feels like an insult to climb out of
1: so here's a question let's say you approach someone whatever have you got your feelings hurt? And like, how do you recover from that? Because you, you potentially have two or th- more partners, but one of them hurts your feelings. And, mm. you know, you're nursing your feelings of a loss of a relationship, but you still got your anchor partner or the, the partner you share your children with. Like, how does that work? Like nursing, you know, your recovery while- That's
3: a, a really good question. I think, um, same kind of thing where it's like being upfront, like, yo, this shit pissed me off that happened. Or this shit just has me, you know, fucked up because of X, Y, and Z. And and you know, relationships end in in any kind of relationship in a whole lot of different ways. Like they are the ones that end that you're like, uh, you know, it's amicable split. We're all happy that it's over and you know, we see each other and we cool, all the way to like I don't know. This person needs to stay the fuck away from me. <laughs> they got problems or something, you know what I mean? And I think it's very important to be open with your partner about what that situation is because when you are part of a relationship or part of a couple or part of a larger uh group, those things will affect somebody if if only from your mood changing. Mm-hmm. So at least you can give them a heads up to be like, yo, I might kind of be in a funk the next little while just because I'm trying to sort out the shit in my head or yeah I'm pissed off right now like give me a minute to to breathe and I'll 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 break everything down to you so I I think when it comes to that also if you're on the side where you need to look after your partner it's just kind of like let me know what I can do you know are we? you know going to have a drink and talk shit on this motherfucker or uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know whatever it is like you know just how can i how can i how can i be there for you and in those kind of instances it's important to know like oh you broke up with this person like is this person like trying to talk wild reckless online or you know it's 2022 out here people don't know how to deal with breaking up with people usually in normal ways or like people be going online or do I have to unfollow this person? Like you gotta run through all the things and then when they've calmed down a little bit more or or things have calmed down a little bit more, kind of just see, you know, where they want to pick up the pieces and how you can help them move forward.
1: And then there's your kids, right? Do you like at what point do you introduce the new poly into the mix, right?
3: That take a while. If I don't, if Mm -hmm. I feel like you could come to the house and I ain't gotta tell people to hide valuables and shit, then (laughs) nah, I'm just playing. Nah, I mean for me, I'm I'm this way. Even like when when I was single, I have to feel really really comfortable with somebody to like, for example, like introduce them to my mom's or Mm son. So or or if I or if I'm dating someone to introduce them to to like my homies and my brothers and stuff like that. So I, I think. For me, because when I was dating and I was single, I didn't want to meet your kids until I knew I liked you. Mm. Because I know I'm the kind of person like, kids are cool as hell. I don't want to break no kids' hearts, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I think it's always important when you're dating someone to to get to know that person, know that you like that person. And so for me, it's like, I want to get to know you, let you get to know me, and if it, it, it it goes to the point where I feel more comfortable with you than you can meet the kids. Mm-hmm. But they're not like, you're not meeting them early because then people be trying to use your kids and shit. They be bringing gifts and shit. Nah, that's not nah. good. Mm.
0: King, I'm curious to know, um, in terms of you know having someone else besides your anchor partner, have you ever ventured into bringing someone, um, you know, an, another male into the relationship? Has your partner ever done that or have you ever done that?
3: She has, in all right, best way to describe it, Jasmine defines herself as a sexual opportunist more than a polyamorous
0: <laughs> Okay, can you go into so, that a little bit?
3: <laughs> Jasmine, I, I, best way to put it is, Jasmine enjoys more, I guess, like if you had to define it in terms people would know, she's more of a swinger than a poly person. Okay. Jasmine has a huge family and spends a lot of time with her family and has a lot of love to share with her family. My family is really small. I don't have a lot of people that I have to keep track of and things like that. So I feel like she's more into family than dating, but Mm. enjoys when I can present her with options. So what was it? For her birthday this past year, well, last year, I... We, it was it was a scene that we shot, so definitely go check out our website for it. But um, I got two two guys to basically be her sex furniture. So like, they held her up. They're like two two strong, you know, weightlifting guys holding her up, and we was on top of them, fucking on top of them, and they put on a show for her and shit like that. And it was a beautiful, loving and sexual experience, and like she likes that. And when she has met people that she might be interested in in other ways, you know, she just brings it up. We always we kind of have a rule where it's like we bring it up to each other when we feel that it that it might be a little serious. Like not like somebody hit on me, read this message. You know what I mean? It's it's mm-hmm. it's more like we trust each other to know, like if it gets to a certain point, that's when we'll share it with one another. Um and I think that that's important with relationships as well to kind of like never have your partner in the dark about anything, you know. So like if it is in a situation where this person has been hitting on me or hitting on her, and we're like in a space with that person, we'll definitely let each other know. But if it's just like some online shit or whatever, you know, only if it only if it um, rises to a point where we need to know.
0: Okay. So what about your no go zones? Like, what is it that you are absolutely not willing to compromise on?
3: Well, I think <laughs> uh, Anisha hit it on, on the head for me. For real, it, it has to be fully consensual. No kids, no animals. Um, I don't sub for anybody. Like, I'm never a submissive. That's just not in my in my nature. And I don't I don't date um, cis men. That's not what I'm into. But For me, if any of my partners are dating them, I do at least want to know who the person is just because that'd be like weird situations. If you're in a low place with somebody, partners dating somebody, you don't know that they're dating. So I don't ever want to be in the dark about anything. And I don't want my partners to be in the dark about anything as well. Yeah, I don't know. Besides that, no race play. I think I answered that more from like a a, a sexual term than a relationship. term but like relationship wise I don't I don't have too many um like nah other than the um who I date.
2: Okay I have a question.
3: Sure.
2: When you are in relationships with people um does it happen and does it work when they are not polyamorous?
3: I have not dated someone who is monogamous In over 10 years. So I can't really, I can't really completely plug to that because the people who I dated prior to the relationship I'm in now, I feel like I was single and I would date people and I would tell them like, I'm not trying to be in a monogamous relationship. I had really tried to be in a monogamous relationship to the point where I was engaged to be married and My partner asked me a question. I'll never forget it. She said, do you not date other women because I don't want you to or because you don't want to? And I was honest with her. And I said, I do it because you don't want me to. Because I wanted to make her happy. But I'm not going to lie to you. And it hurt her feelings and in turn made me feel bad because I don't want to hurt her. I didn't want to hurt her feelings like I was in love with the woman, but I'm just a poly person. And, I, and from there, you know, we we it led to us breaking up and I vowed after that I was not going to be in a relationship where I wasn't able to be fully who I am or be in a relationship with somebody who was going to feel boxed in or forced to not be who they truly are. So when I have met people who's monogamous, I know that in the back of their mind, even if they're like, yeah, I could do this for a minute, in the back of their mind, they want to settle down and be with one person. And I and I do believe, I'm not one of those people who thinks one or the other is unnatural. I think we're humans and our mind is infinite. We can envision and actually realize whatever it is that we can envision if, if we step fast to it. And... I I personally, I don't think it it can work if somebody's like, I want to be with a lot of people, Well, I only want to be with you. Both of y'all going to get hurt in the end. Mm -hmm.
1: I think you've taught a lot of folks. I hope a lot of people check out the cast today because I think for me personally, I realize I've been in a polyamorous friendship and I love it. (laughs) (laughs) No, real talk, real talk. And I think, I mean, I appreciate my husband every day, but even more so now because he really does let me be me which is yeah. the person who needs to go. Like just yesterday we were laying in bed. I said, yo, I gotta go. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, I know you feel trapped. You've been like, you know, in the pandemic too long and I need to travel, I need to be out. Like I need mm. to go, like I've had enough. And so I, I was like, fuck it. I booked a ticket to Kenya and Dubai. I said, I'm out. <laughs> and he was like, okay. Make sure you bring me gifts back. (laughs) You know, and I wanted to travel with him, King. Don't get me wrong. I love to have those experiences with my husband, but he understands that I hate being anchored too long for too much time. And, and And the ladies know I'm a traveler. So I think a lot of folks out there, if you take away anything from King is explore yourself, explore what you want, break those boxes, because we have one life to live. And I don't want to go down as that motherfucker who didn't get the best orgasm or the best travel or the best friends or the best experiences because you can't do a do-over unless you believe in reincarnation. But even then, you will not come back as a human and this is a problem. <laughs> so, you know, I, I definitely, the, the polyamorous friendship bit, like it really struck a chord with me today. I personally know as a as a person, um, you know, I'm a practicing monogamous. And that's because I want to be the top bird in the nest. That's very clear to me, I do not share and I do not play well. But in terms of friendships, I totally understand that, like, that's that 20 rule. And it's okay to, you know, outsource your 20%. I think that's a really important lesson today for everybody out there. Like, your partner doesn't have to be your everything. Your partner doesn't have to be the one you do everything with, like, It's okay to diversify your portfolios in life. It leads (laughs) to
2: less disappointment too, not for nothing. But like, we do really appreciate your time today, King, and your transparency. And, you know, I'm fortunate to have been around you for as long as I have and to have seen the multifaceted sides of who you are as a person. And I do feel very blessed that you have introduced me to so many things because we did, you know, touch up on this on the last project too. So it was really cool to watch you fully evolve into who you are today. And um, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you so much again for your time and and sharing all this wisdom and experience with us.
1: And please go check out the profile. I definitely did. I was Insta-stalking. And checking out the website.
0: <laughs> well, King, do you wanna just plug uh please, some of your do. web properties that you've got where you where people can find you on social media and so forth, you and your partner?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate y'all y'all having me on. This is a dope conversation. Um, and I do just wanna say, um, like as like a closing thing, human beings are not possessions. You know, we all, if if you believe in the most high, you know, we all have a soul. We all have unique and individual experiences and minds and things like that. And if you're in a relationship with somebody, you should allow their soul to grow. You should allow their mind to grow, you know, and you should allow yourself to grow as well. And whether that's in a monogamous, polyamorous, uh, polygamous, wh- whatever kind of relationship that you have. As long as there's growth growth involved, you're going to be happy and your partners are going to be happy as well. Uh, and you can find me and my partner, Jessen and Jasmine, on our website, royalfetishxxx.com. That is not safe for work, pretty much. Um,
0: <laughs> Thank you for
3: that. <laughs> 95% of jobs out there, it is not safe for your work. But, 95% um... <laughs> of
2: jobs only will let you access the website. But, <laughs>
3: <laughs> but um, also we do have safe for work sites. So you can go to, um jet jet setting jasmine.com that one is actually safe for work and it'll lead you to all our other things or kingnoir.com um definitely king noir xxx uh at king noir OnlyFans, only fans because of course i gotta have one oh, and man. um Well, all forms of social media, I'm probably shadow banned, but please go out there and find me. And really, really important, I do have a mold of a special part of my body that is for sale through Lust Arts. It is body friendly and, and, um, you know, earth friendly as well. So definitely check that out. And I really, really appreciate y'all having me on today.
1: Well, we appreciate you agreeing to talk to us. I love the sex positivity. Love it. I'm for it all about as it. As well. I'm going to
3: tell my mom about you. Yes, please do. <laughs> tell everyone. And and what, she, and what she was teaching was so on point because real talk, your kids are going to be out there doing things that you have to, have to give them the most information and knowledge so Absolutely. that they can, if they're going to do it, be safe and, and stay healthy and actually protect themselves from some of the fucked up people that's in this world as well. So the more yeah. knowledge they have, the safer they can be in every single way possible
2: i mean don't we know it we were the kids the kids exactly
3: <laughs> <We're> people <us. laughs> be forgetting that they was doing the shit when they was a kid now all of a sudden everybody all pious and shit when they get old
1: yeah right <laughs> i told you i would
0: share my mom if you want like we're we're about do. to have your we're about to have the warden on here one day she needs to no be a please do on this show <laughs> so for sure it's
2: about time sure. But yo, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much, King and yes, ladies. thank it's you. It's always a pleasure. And you guys have been listening to The Messy Truths. Please share, you know. Share the love Spread the word Please review And rate us On any platform That you listen to us on Spotify Apple That really helps Our visibility And we're just trying To grow out here man. Just, just give us a little oh. you know, give us A little, little love give us a, little support, a little love And I
1: want to set The record straight No cats were hurt In that episode Y'all have been sending me Some grimy messages About the cats No cats were hurt In our previous episode King
2: you just need to listen To understand
3: what she saying. Yeah <laughs> I, I do need to listen now right. I gotta check that out <laughs> all
2: right, all right, guys. Peace. Until next Peace. Time. Peace.
3: Thank you again. Peace.